Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, good evening, folks. It is late on a Tuesday night. The World Series has just ended, and, you know, we're going to get this out of the way. Congratulations to the Dodgers, but there's only one question that needs to be asked right now, and what is Kevin Cash on and possibly some parts of the country probably is going to need some of that stuff, given how uh, we're heading into an election cycle. But man, oh man, this game without question should be going. Uh, this series should be going to a game seven tomorrow night. It should have been going to the game seven, except for Kevin Cash, because the only question I have to ask is, was Kevin Cash either high inebriated or owing money to the mob? Because there is no possible way anyone can find a justifiable rationale for how, I mean, Blake Snell was, without question, the most dominant pitcher in the entire World Series thus far for Blake Snell to get pulled on 70 pitches. Actually, correction, 69 pitches. When you have a runner on first with a weak single, you've got a lefty-righty-lefty combination coming up. Blake Snell is a left-handed pitcher, former Cy Young winner, that's touching 100. No one was seeing the ball well against Snell. You got Mookie Betts at the top uh, uh, coming up. Third time through the order, Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Justin Turner. The three best hitters of the Dodgers. Outside of, uh, because say what you will about Clay Bellinger, he was not hitting in the the postseason. He got a little bit hot in the uh, World Series. A little bit. But the three best hitters in this World Series even with Betts' average not being great, he was having very good at-bats, similar to Muncie. The three best hitters for the Dodgers this World Series, Betts, Seager, Turner. And to be honest, Betts was the third guy in the mix. Uh, I'd say it was Seager and Turner, one and two. But what the bleep just happened? Because you want to tell me that Kevin Cash is gonna pull is gonna <laughs> I I mean I I still the amount of people texting and tweeting about what is going on with the the Rays in the sixth inning sixth inning folks cruising through the game Everyone's talking about how awesome it is seeing a dominant pitcher in the World Series again. Kevin Cash yanks Blake Snell 
And he puts in, I mean, Nick Anderson. Very good regular season. But again, this was an abbreviated season. So I I, I want to put this into context, folks. We had a 60-game regular season. This is not a true baseball season. It It was 60 games. So Nick Anderson only pitched 16 innings in the regular season. So I'm going to read off Nick Anderson's stats for a 60-game regular season. 16 innings pitched, five hits allowed, one earned run. So, of course, it was a .55 ERA. But I'm going to talk about his ground ball to fly ball ratio. Six ground balls to 23 fly ball outs. Uh, Facing... uh, uh, 58 batters total. So, with that context in mind, very good regular season. But again, 60 games, you know, most relievers are doing 40 to 50 innings usually in a in a true regular season. The Rays ran a very peculiar pen throughout where they didn't put two guys in too much stressful situations. The playoffs are all about high-stress situations. So I'm going to read off Nick Anderson's uh, postseason stats for you. I told you, 16 innings pitched in the regular season in this abbreviated season. Postseason, 14 in the third innings, 15 hits, 8 runs, all-earned runs, 3 bombs, 3 homers given up. Four walks, nine strikeouts, 16 ground balls, 29 fly balls. Everybody was squaring up Nick Anderson this postseason. Toronto hit him. The Yankees hit him. Listen, the Yankees wanted to see Nick Anderson in in games. It was the only relief pitcher the Yankees were actually hitting with any uh, uh, decency. Houston lit up Anderson, lit him up. It was one of the biggest reasons why the, uh, uh, Houston almost made that comeback was because of Nick Anderson. The Dodgers. And actually, I, I, I want to be clear. When I say 14 innings, 15 hits, eight bombs, these are the stats coming into tonight. Into tonight. So I want to put this into context. The guy who's been getting lit up with a five ERA in the most important game of the postseason. (coughs) That's the guy you bring in? Out of all your relievers, you bring in the guy with the biggest question mark. And and, (coughs) I mean, I'm choking because I I, want to laugh. I want to laugh at how absurd this is. Like, again, I got to ask, does Kevin Cash owe money to somebody? You can't, you can't realistically say with 73 pitches from your starter who has nine strikeouts already in the game. Five and a third. No real danger. Literally, no danger. You got a runner on first with one out. Yes, Mookie Betts is dangerous. 
Boogie Betts was not seeing the slider uh, that well tonight that uh, Snell was throwing. None of the at-bats the Dodgers had were comfortable. They were not picking up left-handed pitching. I'll get into that a little bit uh, as well. You want to tell me, with a guy with A-plus stuff like Snell, with control tonight, mind you, I told you, he had nine strikeouts, 73 pitches, 48 strikes. He was controlling the strike zone, throwing balls when he wanted to to get try to get guys chasing. He was not in danger whatsoever. You pull him to put in the one reliever you had that's not a situational reliever that was getting teed up. He was getting teed up. Gives up, uh, gives up the, the, I mean, he gives up the go-ahead run. Uh, Just, wild pitch, gives up the go-ahead run. I, I can't stress enough how badly Nick Anderson pitched. And I called it from the jump. You know how bad it was? You know, honestly, when I was checking the live betting markets during the game, the Rays were a minus 225 favorite to win the game outright with Snell on the mound. As soon as Snell got pulled, I thought about, oh, I I probably should throw some money on the Dodgers. The line flipped immediately to the Dodgers being favored minus 260. They were still down, folks. It was still one nothing race, and the, the line had completely flipped over to the Dodgers. Because of, uh, again, no one had confidence in, in, in how Kevin Cash brought in Nick Anderson. Everyone thought this was going to implode. Basically, the only people that were at the ballpark that didn't think that that was going to be <laughs> a good idea. I mean... Kevin Cash has to be the only guy that actually thought Nick Anderson could get that guy out because uh, could get Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, uh, and maybe uh, even if he walked Betts or uh, Seager, could get Justin Turner out because the Dodgers were celebrating when <laughs> when Blake Snell got pulled. I mean, Blake Snell dropped an F-bomb when he got pulled because he couldn't believe it. No one could believe it. John Smoltz is on the telecast saying, oh, man, this is going to be the biggest relief for the Dodgers. It's just like a a weight just got lifted off their shoulders. Because the Dodgers were having awful at-bats against Snell. You could see it in the batter's box. None of them were comfortable. They weren't picking up the breaking pitches. Again, even if you went to loop against Mookie Betts, which, again, I wouldn't be in favor of, but it's a lefty, righty, lefty situation. You know Anderson has to get through three uh, three batters or finish the inning. That That's the way it works. Uh, it, it was incomprehensible. How? How? That that could even be viewed as a good idea, having Anderson in there. None of it made any sense. 
I mean, Mookie Betts made things happen with his legs uh, to score uh, to score to go ahead run, but it was just it, it is just utterly mind boggling. I I can't even put it in a better context on it. Like the memes are already going out about Kevin Cash's managerial decisions. Like the tweets are flying left and right. But it's like this one was like you could you can't even argue analytics was the the the, the call here. I I can't wait for the postseason interview with the Rays because it doesn't make any sense. None of it made any sense. You've got a Cy Young award-winning pitcher on the mound, A-plus stuff, in control of the game, game in the hand, and a game that is the most important game of your season, and you pull him for the relief pitcher that had the most question marks in this World Series uh, thus far. Just incomprehensible how that actually happened. I, it just it just is that simple because I was even joking about it as saying you know the the only thing that could top this night uh, from a questionable decision standpoint was if Dave Roberts actually went back to Clayton Kershaw or Kenley Jansen in a relief performance in a one run game and then lo and behold you know Kevin Cash again brings uh brings back out uh, Pete Fairbanks right-handed pitcher after Loop had to clean up the mess of Anderson uh as the lefty uh, he uh, Cash goes right back to a right-handed pitcher in Fairbanks and Fairbanks gives up one of the loudest bombs in the entire World Series to uh Mookie Betts in the 8th inning I I mean it's just it's just one of those where you're just scratching your head because immediately afterwards, the race start getting Ryan Yarbrough loose, who's a lefty, and throws power heat. Like, again, I don't understand what the Rays were actually trying to accomplish because if you're watching how Snell is pitching, the logical step, based off of stuff and mechanics, is Snell to Yarbrough and stretch it out as long as you can uh, to, to uh, uh, do situational matchups with your bullpen. The Dodgers were not picking up the left-handed pitchers. It was obvious the Dodgers were having trouble picking up uh, the fastballs from the lefties tonight. And the roof was closed in Arlington. So the the park was uh, was playing bigger uh, that it probably, uh, well, not bigger, but smaller than it probably should. And usually you can get more, uh, carrying the ball in, in terms of doubles. It, it was harder for the hitters to get hits. And especially considering the fact that the Tampa Bay, uh, hitters were struggling so mightily at the plate. They could not get contact to save their lives. Like the Tampa, they kind of needed to win this game one to nothing because after a Rosarena's uh, uh, home run again in the postseason, you know they needed to get something going, and nobody had it. It's like you know Choi and Margot had been such hot hitters uh, for them uh, with good at bats in the World Series, but they just did not have it tonight. They were not picking up. Uh, 
uh, the pitches uh, that the Dodgers were throwing out there. And when those two weren't hitting, there really wasn't much else in the Rays lineup to get the job done. So they were going to have to try to win that game one nothing. But that went out the window once Anderson came into the fray. I, I Again, I cannot stress this enough. The Dodgers played well enough to win the World Series, the, without question. But Tampa had their moments to win the World Series. They had their moment after Game 4 to come back and win Game 5. And it did not happen. Like, they missed their opportunities against Clayton Kershaw because Kershaw was there to be had in the first inning. They couldn't get it done. And then Kershaw managed to start settling in because, again, the knock on Kershaw, it's never about his ability. It's always between the ears with Kershaw in the postseason. He always has the ability to, uh, to pitch well when he's on. But it's rare in a postseason to see Kershaw actually on. But man, I, I just, you know, if Tampa actually had fans, uh, you know, I would say I feel bad for Tampa's fans, but realistically, they don't have much fans. But realistically, for casual observers of baseball, we were all looking forward to having a game seven. And, you know, for whatever reason, Kevin Cash went into a completely different script that no one else had because even the Tampa players, you could tell we're just kind of like looking sideways that are we seriously doing this right now? No one understands this. We're going to have wall to wall coverage of the world series on ESPN and Fox talking about this decision tomorrow. And I, for one, cannot fathom on any rationale from an analytics standpoint, when you're looking at the at-bats Anderson was having against the Dodgers hitters that were squaring him up, there's no reasonable expectation Anderson could have gotten anything done in the game tonight. No way I thought I, we'd see Anderson in, in a play, unless it was a blowout situation and then Tampa was just kind of contained the damage. You, Kevin Cash put Nick Anderson in the most high-leverage spot in the most important game of the year with a starting pitcher that was dealing. I mean, I don't know if that's the height of arrogance or stupidity or both, but man, it backfired so spectacularly. That was a Bob Brenly special. And for those of you who remember Bob Brenly's managerial career, in spite of winning a World Series, you know, it, 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 there's a reason why Bob Brenly is not thought of as a good manager in spite of winning a World Series. But, you know, here's the thing with Tampa. And I will say this all the time when folks talk about analytics and how much they know their pitchers best than anybody else. The Nationals almost completely blew their entire franchise history on the notion that, and this is going back seven, eight years ago now. This is how long that uh, the, the time passed before the Nationals ever got a chance back in the World Series, uh, got a chance to make a World Series run prior to last year. The Nationals refused to pitch Steven Strasburg in the postseason because they were worried about his arm and the future of the franchise 
if he uh, were to exceed his innings limit, and this was eight years ago, the Nationals didn't even sniff a deep postseason run until last year. It, you know, as smart as you think you are, the Rays have been playing the same uh, like small market money ball scenario for years now. They didn't get back to the World Series after 2008 until now. For good reason. You know, they do, their margin for error is so small. And again, I said it before. The reason why the Rays had a chance to win it all this year and at least get to the World Series was because of the fact that, again, condensed season, they didn't have to worry about the roster depth issues. But, like I said with Anderson, it was an abbreviated regular season. But sometimes those innings start creeping up on you, and you regress back to the mean. If you have a deeper team, you can go to other guys. Tampa had a a deeper rotation, based off of how some of the guys were pitching, they could have gone other places, but they wanted to go back to one of the guys that got them there in an abbreviated season. It doesn't work that way. I'm telling you, Tampa's going to look back on this World Series and wonder, did they cost themselves a window? Because I don't know if Tampa's ever going to get back to the World Series with this nucleus of random hodgepodge players, because Snell is up for arbitration again. He's going to be even more expensive. You, you're going to start seeing some of these other pitchers like Glass now. They're coming. They're going to be coming up for arbitration. And usually at that point, that's when the Rays start cutting them loose in a trade to get younger prospects in. I don't think this nucleus even gets back into the postseason next year. Because I think the Rays will start doing what they do and start selling guys off. And that's the tragedy in all of this, is the fact that you basically took the game out of your best player's hands. The Dodgers kept it in, 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 in their best reliever's hands. They, 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 they put in Urias and let him go to work. Because I never thought Urias was a, uh, was a uh, starting pitcher, but he was... Out of the pen, dynamite. Absolute dynamite. But the Dodgers are the World Series champs in spite of only having one starting pitcher worth a damn in in Walker Buehler. Because if anyone tries to tell me that Kershaw got the monkey off his back, I will laugh in your face because... If if getting the monkey off your back is uh, the equivalent of Tampa over swinging on uh, sliders, uh, good luck with that. Because I think with a different uh, different team in the postseason with better offensive players, I think Kershaw would have gotten shelled yet again uh, in the World Series. But hey, that's a what if scenario that the Dodgers didn't have to worry about this go around. So uh, congratulations to the Dodgers. Unfortunately, this concludes the MLB baseball season, despite the fact that we were well on our way into getting a Game 7 until Kevin Cash intervened. But, c'est la vie. Until next time, I'm signing off uh, because uh, 
Uh, we're already into Wednesday morning, so we'll see how the media coverage goes for the Dodgers' uh, uh, World Series win here. But man, oh man, what a colossal uh, collapse uh, by the Rays in the most inopportune time. Because, again, this series should have gone seven, but we'll never know now. All right, folks, that's all for tonight. Have a good one and take care. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.